Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, Tran Hermostis, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. All right, welcome to the show. Please introduce yourself. I'm so excited to have you here. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm Monique Melton. I tell people all the time when I'm doing my my IG lives, Monique Melton, first and foremost, always and forever from the inside out, from the bottom to the top. I am a whole human being. Mm -hmm. And from the bottom to the top is an inside joke with my cousins. So nobody else probably really gets that, which is okay. It's an inside joke. But so I do anti-racism work as an educator. My work is really centered around Black liberation. And so anti-racism is one of many tools that we use to pursue Black liberation. I'm the creator of the Shine Bright School, where we have a number of classes and resources and learning experiences for folks to learn and to commit to Black liberation. And I'm also a podcast host, so that's the Shine Brighter Together podcast. And I'm an author, so I'll be over here writing stuff, speaking, consulting with brands. And I'm also married to my high school sweetheart. Our saying is, because we we met in weightlifting class, and so our saying is that we've been spotting each other ever since. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And then we have two beautiful Black children together, so... That's a little bit about me. Now, you, every time I get into like replying to your DMs and stuff, you're like, oh, yeah, I used to be a makeup artist. And I've just been like, what is – I do this thing where I follow people and I don't create a backstory for them. I just start like, oh, this is where (laughs) – life began, right? This is who you right. are. This is what you did. And I don't even know the, like so many people came to follow you, especially in 2020 because of your anti-racism work. And I was just saying to you before we started, it's been so lovely getting to like you and your high school sweetheart, the two of you, now that you're doing like Instagram reels and all of the, I just, I can't even tell you, I get so excited to see it. It makes me so happy, but I also have for the longest time been like, Am I allowed to just ask her about her lipstick? At what point am I not crossing a line here? Because I am a student of yours, but I was just, it was, there was a point where I was in your classes and I'm like, I just, 
I'm focused. I'm here, but my gosh, I'm going to need the link for that. (laughs) Tell me about, (laughs) tell me about your background, how you got into doing this work, but then all the other little facets that make you, you. Yeah, that's great. That's so funny because you're right. Like sometimes when we start following people on Instagram, um, and this is this is this is especially the case when we follow people because we're looking for something from them. Yes. Um, it's like they're only that, right? So yes. we see that a lot with black women and you know folks who do anti-racism and or not just anti-racism, but folks who are marginalized and they do work to support marginalized communities. Folks will immediately compartmentalize you into that, and that's it. So people are shocked that I eat ice cream. It's like oh my God, you have ice cream? What flavor is it? And it's like, girl, it's vanilla. Like, <laughs> oh my like, gosh. But no, like I, I did a whole podcast episode actually where I broke down like my journey and talk about all these different things that I've done because my family teases me about the fact that I've had 20 something jobs. Like, I have worked in all kinds of industry. I've I've never been a mechanic. I've never worked in like car repair or anything like that. But <laughs> that's the exception. <laughs> car yeah, repair. I haven't done else, that. Yeah, everything else, like neurosurgeon, got it. Like, <laughs> no, no, I'm not a doctor. I've never been a doctor. I do not play one on TV, anything like that. Uh-huh. But yeah, I would say my first like entrepreneurial adventure, endeavor was makeup. Really? And I started as a makeup a Mary Kay consultant. Oh my gosh. The pink Cadillac. <laughs> oh my goodness. I have so many stories. But yeah, I did that. And then I started doing makeup professionally. I did I worked at Mac. That's where I found Mac and fell in love with Mac. I've since been very loyal to Mac. And so I did that for like a decade. I did makeup professionally. I traveled. I did body art where I painted all over people's bodies like for shows I mean I tried this for commercial work I did a lot a lot a lot a lot of weddings lots lots of weddings but when I had my son I had really bad postpartum mood disorder and so for me it showed up as anxiety and depression but mostly anxiety but after I had him I knew that I needed to do something that would not require me to have to leave the home Mm. in order to do the work because we didn't have childcare and we couldn't afford to hire childcare and we didn't have family nearby. So we had to do something different. And I was ready to, I also was ready to hang up the brushes. I tell people I was ready to hang up the brushes. And so I started when I was a makeup artist, like those last two or three, last two years of being a makeup artist, I hosted a bridal show in my community. Okay. And the reason why I did that was because nobody would let me into their show. Not, not a lot of people, I should say, would let me into their shows as a vendor. And so back then, this was before people used Instagram to promote their business. Mm-hmm. This was before people used Facebook. I didn't have a Facebook page for my makeup artistry until like the last couple of years. And so this was before people even did that. And so you did a lot of word of mouth. I did a lot of, I would do like cold pitching. I mean, all kinds of things. And so bridal shows was huge. You had to get a, be a vendor at a bridal show. Basically, you kind of get your name out there to a certain extent. And I was new to the area, so I didn't know people. Mm-hmm. So I produced a bridal show. It was one of the most successful shows in the area. I had never done anything like it. I did all of the stuff from the top to the bottom. And when I did it two times. And so after the second one, that's when I had my daughter. 
And because I still did makeup after I had my son, but I just didn't do it as much. I decided that I was going to stop doing makeup, not do any bridal shows, and that I was going to do business consulting. I wanted okay. to work with because I really enjoyed the marketing and the business and the brand development part of it. And so I started with some of the folks who were vendors in my show. They were like, we know you know what you're doing. You mm-hmm. sold out successful shows here. So let's do it. And so I started doing business coaching, brand development with small businesses. And that's turned into some personal coaching with folks and all that. And as I was doing that, we were also having conversations about diversity and inclusion and such. And so because my education background is in sociology, psychology, and in um, clinical counseling, I've always been having these conversations about race, plus I'm Black. So I decided in 2000 and it was either 17 or 18 that I was going to solely work, focus on being an anti-racism educator. And I was terrified. I was terrified. I don't even think I heard of that term. I didn't even think, I I don't think I've ever heard it until 2020. Nobody was talking about it. Here's the thing. When I, (laughs) I'll tell you a story. I pitched a brand, a major brand to do training with me. Yeah. And because I was so nervous that they would turn it down if I called it anti-racism, I changed it to diversity. Mm. This was in 2019. I pitched this brand. I had a meeting with their like execs, all that kind of stuff, right? 2020, they were in my inbox specifically asking me for anti-racism training. Like people were not having it. They were not talking to me about it. They would not reply to me. I was personally reaching out to people to to take my courses, all that. Folks were, I remember one girl told me, it was a white girl. She's like, I'm not anti-anything. 2020, she's like, I want to learn. I want to learn. So it was like, I remember when 2020, like that pseudo white awakening, I was getting all these messages from people, including people who would go, who ghosted me, people who would ignore my messages, who had nothing to do with me. And I'm like, oh, so now y'all want me. So, Mm. you know, it's like, now y'all interested in the things that I've been talking about all this time. So yeah, in 2000, I did a course. I launched my first course, 2018, 2017, 2018, one of those. And I had three people enroll in my very wow. first course. Wow. Three people. Yep. But I kept doing it. I kept doing it. And so that's Unity Over Comfort. We've developed so many different things since then. Courses for parents, courses for corporations and folks who want to learn about all different types of things. But I will tell you, since 2020, engagement has declined significantly. Yeah, you said that in uh, IG Live last week. You went from, I think you said 17,000 followers to like 300,000 in a matter of weeks. In one week, it was 17K to 220. (sighs) 220 or 225, something like that. I think people would think that's so exciting, but I can imagine that that would be so overwhelming and did it feel uncomfortable maybe? Yeah, because I think it would be, I think it would be hard period, no matter what the reason. I remember my sister saying like going viral or being famous can be traumatic for folks. And I was like, that's an interesting way to put it. But because of the fact that it was the, the response to black death, Mm. Right. And specifically the murdering of black people whose names became hashtags. It felt incredibly brutal. It felt Mm. incredibly just devastating. You know, it was it didn't feel celebratory because on the other side of that is is pain and suffering. And the way that people responded and engaged with me during that time, I was used I was 
I had already experienced quite a bit of tokenism, exploitative, you know, interactions with me, but because there were so many more people all at one time, it was so much more of it. And it was far more intense than I ever experienced in my life. You know, offers coming in to write a book, but no real money behind it or telling me they'll take my name off of it if I don't like the final edit. It's like, what the hell? I just exploded. You know, just just so much coming in all at once. And then to see it completely in a lot of ways, but not always, just completely stop. You know, my inbox, I was getting 20 something emails and something here and there a day to now maybe one or two a month about coming in and doing speaking and, and such. And so it's like, where is everybody go? You yeah. know, where? and if you talk to black folks who are working at these different jobs and such, they're not going to say, my goodness, things have changed so much. It's such a better place. Like, I'm, I'm like, your job is done. Wow. It's over. They'll tell you ain't shit changed. Yeah. You know? And so it's just, it was just such a performance. It was such a performance at the expense of black lives. I can imagine um, as, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, which is the reason why myself and so many other folks who are in this space and other spaces have really shifted our energy to reclaiming our humanity in ways that are really affirming to us. Because doing anti-racism work is necessary amongst many other things. And it's a part of their reclamation, but it's the reclamation process is so multifaceted and we're really leaning into more of that joy and that healing the rest, we have you know folks like Nat Ministry who've been around doing amazing work, encouraging us to rest. Like we, like it's just so many people who are really stepping into that space in such a graceful and encouraging and, and um, inspiring way. And it's like we had a meeting with each other, but we really didn't. And it's but you can see that trans that transformation happening, and it's really exciting to see. And that's where you see I'm, I'm doing for myself as well. Okay, I freaking love this brand. Golden has this amazing jewelry line made by hand, made personal, made to make a difference and creating connections by giving back through every purchase. They have modern personalization options that allow you to create a piece that tells your story. I just had a bracelet made and it just has a little heart with an S on it, which my husband and I were joking about whether it's for his name, Shane, or if it's for me, Sarah. And honestly, both are true. And I love that for us. Each piece comes with letterpressed gift-ready packaging with a handwritten note and a jewelry care kit. They offer happiness guarantee on all their pieces, even if they're personalized. And each piece is made handmade just for you. You choose your metal, size, personal inscriptions to be hand-stamped by one of their makers. And this company is so cool. They believe in empowerment through craft by providing local craft workers in the Pacific Northwest with jobs working within process that reduces waste, recycles scrap, and increases material sustainability. They donate 10% of all profits and more through special collections to organizations that support their core causes of education, liberation, and community building. Golden is female founded and run with a workforce consisting of 80% women. You have got to check them out. They are absolutely amazing. And right now you can use code papaya at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. Visit gldn.com. 
to find the perfect piece and make it yours or for somebody that you're giving it to. Again, that's gldn.com and use code papaya at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. Let's get back to the show. Well, yeah. And I, and I, I guess I never really equated that before because as an entrepreneur, you would think that it is very exciting to get this very large following all, all of a sudden. Like that, in a way, that's like on the business side, you're like, fantastic. This is what we needed. This is the traction. But it's traumatic in how it came. Like it didn't come from positive things. You had said this in our IG Live where you were like, they didn't come because they were, you know, excited or joyful about something. There was trauma happening and and they came to you for how to be better, how to stop the trauma. And that really put this big, big, heavy plate in front of you, right? And And so I think what I'm even recognizing within following you is there has been a shift in the last year. You're right. Like going into seeing, I've never, I've never even seen, you know, or gotten to know your kids until the last little while have gotten to see you as a mother, as a wife. And that's, that's a big part of, you know, when we follow people, we really do put them in this box of, oh, I followed you for this reason. And I assumed that's what you were. And that's why I, that's why I'm here. And so kind of hearing and explaining why you've reclaimed that and why you're stepping into that while also, you know, as much as your email has dried up a lot, hopefully is, is business going well? Like how are you managing the entrepreneurial part of going from like zero to a hundred that quickly? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was intensible. (laughs) Because you are a mom, you are a wife. And all of a sudden you have this massive, not responsibility, but this massive, like I don't even know what to call it. There's undertaking. There's a lot going on. And you have these courses that people want to be a part of. I joined your anti-racism 101 and there wasn't, like you had to slide three screens to see the faces. Like there was so many people there. There were so many people just ready for you to teach them. And I mean, from a class of three to class of like 3000, I don't know how that would feel. Oh, 3,000. Well, <laughs> 3, 000 3, you've had at least 3,000 students, I'm sure, over the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. We definitely, over the time, yeah, we've had yes. thousands of students over time. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, I remember when I was being interviewed by a major um, newspaper, because everybody wanted to talk to me. Everybody. Everybody was like, money. And so I remember them asking me something and I, and I, I said, this isn't going to last. This isn't, this is not the change because anytime folks will use a dehumanizing unsustainable source of motivation as their catalyst, that in and of itself tells you how much they actually even care about those folks, because these are not new things that have been happening Black folks have been abused, exploited, oppressed, and suffering in the United States, specifically, but all over the world, for over 400 years. None of this is new. None of this is new, not a single thing. And so, yeah, it might show up differently, but it's, it's not new. And the reason why it's so unsustainable is because it requires more pain to fuel it. It requires more, so it's so deeply dehumanizing. It requires more suffering. And then eventually folks feel like there's nothing they can do to actually end it. And so they just opt out, you know, they just completely step away from it. 
I I'm doing as far as like the, the business side, right? Cause that's, that's the thing. Like I shifted, I stopped offering business coaching and business strategy. Yeah. Like people wouldn't even know that unless I told them you would never know that I was a business coach right. prior to this, but that's all I was doing for a while. And I stopped. So it was only anti-racism in my, and so we have a really a great team that like helps run things and manage things. I remember having to bring them on right in the middle of that. Cause I was like, I, I didn't have a system in place yeah. to take on so much inquiry at once. We didn't have a system in place for that. And so they came on, but while we have seen such a significant drop, like for example, unity over comfort, which is the 12 week course that you took during the pseudo white awakening had a wait list of over 2000 people. Whoa. Okay. The program can only take double digits because yeah. I run it live. It's, yeah. it's not it's a, a program. Right? Yes. Yeah, small. It's not even a hundred people, not even 50 people. Okay. And so that wait list you would think would be something that folks would still be showing up. Now unity over comfort doesn't even have double digit enrollment and the program starts next month. So that is deeply discouraging. I've out of all of it, all of all the programs and stuff that I offer, that's the first one I did. And it had three people. And I feel like I just, I feel really discouraged that after all this time and all these people that I've worked with and who have really allowed the work to be a part of how they live and how they see the world and to show up, to see it dwindle so much, it is really discouraging. Um, and it's hard to not take it personal, even though I know it's not. I understand the white apathy. I understand the white rage. I understand all these different things that are outside of my control, but it still feels really disappointing. I told my husband, I don't want to feel like I have to beg people to be in this, this work. And that's what it feels like. That's what it felt like in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I would literally email people directly mm-hmm. and invite them. That's what it feels like now. It feels like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, yeah. You know, and people will say, well, it's the pandemic. Fuck that shit. People been out here splurging, going on vacations. People been doing this. People been doing that. Don't come to me with nothing other than, you know what? We ain't shit. And any 12-week program is going to cost you. Any 12-week program that is going, you're going to have to pay a tuition. That is like, it is... I will say just as a somebody, I was in Unity Over Comfort uh, in 2020 and I'm in 2.0 right now. There has been not a single book, not a single class I have taken that did more than that program did because it was the one time and the one place that I was, and this is going to sound like this is, I hope it doesn't turn people off because it was truly the most transformative. It was uncomfortable. It was made to make us face it, to be corrected, which rarely happens as like, as a white woman moving through this world, people don't often correct me. They like, obviously on Instagram, they will, (laughs) but like, I don't often get called out on my words as I'm speaking them unless I was put into that uncomfortable space. But that was how I could learn. That was truly and that's why it is called unity over comfort. And I remember just in the first couple of classes thinking, I'm just going to sit here and 
then it made, and this is why it was so valuable that it was a small group where we almost had to get into the practice of being wrong. We had to answer. We had to say what we thought. And there was parts of me that's like, I don't even know the right words. I just want to say the right words. I just want to do this. I just wanted that. And you were very quick to be like, and I would start sentences with like, it's really funny how, and you're like, it's not funny. And I will never forget that. I'm like, it's racism isn't funny. This isn't funny. And being corrected like that, it started a rewiring of my brain and it began to change the way I did a lot of stuff. Those 12 weeks, and I did that like pregnant in the middle of like barfing. I used to have to turn the camera off to go get sick and come back. And I just remember feeling like it was such a, it was such a special, special time. And I know I was anxious the whole time. I know I was struggling with like a lot of different things, but looking back was the, a pivotal moment in who I will be hopefully for the rest of my life. And that's why I think that was truly, yes, an investment, but an amazing investment because I truly don't want to be somebody who continues to harm in any way. And there were so many questions that got brought up. Right now you have the Black Liberation Challenge happening and it's a great way for people to kind of get into like a daily dose of it. But the unity over comfort, this is why I'm in 2.0. There's, like There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it, which is why I'm sad that, I'm sad that we're ending on such a, low note it feels like maybe through some time and reframing for myself I don't know I'll feel differently but as of now I wanted it to go out strong yeah. you know like here's our last cohort folks are ready they're doing this let's go and it feels kind of like you're having to shout out into the void like hello is anybody there and it's so disappointing because I know so many students just like you who say the same and variations of the same what you're saying of how and not everybody does that because not everybody connects to it that way Mm -hmm. not everybody really allows the work to happen but that's with anything but I have done this now this is our ninth round and I have worked with a number of students throughout just unity over comfort and I and I always know usually within the first week or two who's going to stay because that's the other thing. Like some people will start it and they won't finish. Yeah. But I usually can tell who's going to stay. I'm never shocked. I'm never, ever, ever shocked who doesn't. And I see it. And so to know that that transformation, you, you've created something that really supports folks in their transformation, that in that transformation means how they show up and interact with Black folks will be better, meaning less harmful, meaning Black folks will feel that benefit. That's really rewarding for me as an educator and as a Black woman. So to see there's such a low interest and enrollment in something that can have such a grand impact feels really discouraging. Feels really discouraging. I mean, what what do you do? What yeah. do you do? After the last couple of years, there have been so many things that we've been just trying to catch up on. For kids, a lot of that has been in their learning. And now that they've gone back to school, even in the best school, one-on-one teaching is almost impossible. 
So when it comes to filling those gaps or having your kids reach their full potential and getting that help where they need it, Baiju's Future School helps students receive personalized attention and a world-class learning experience completely online to supplement their in-person school education. Plus, they're going to be learning about things that potentially they don't have opportunity to in school. We recently had a class together with my oldest daughter, Maya, and we took a sample coding class. And what was really cool about it is it started at a lot of the basics. Some of the things that, you know, when we talk about coding, it sounds so complicated, but they were able to bring us down into conversations that really brought us along in learning about coding. And at Baiju's Future School, students receive personalized attention with live access to a teacher, and they can go from a one-on-one setting or a one-on-four setting. And they're going to have fun learning and exploring subjects with an interactive, activity-based curriculum that inspires their creativity and sparks a lifelong love of learning. Baiju's Future School currently offers coding, like I mentioned, and music courses for grades 1 through 12, and math courses for grades 1 through 8, and you can keep an eye out for even more subjects launching before you know it. Join the millions of parents accelerating their kids' learning today. Right now, Baiju's Future School is offering our listeners their first class for free. Just go to baijus.com slash podcast to sign up for your first class absolutely free. That's B-Y-J-U-S dot com slash podcast. Let's get back to today's chat. Well, let's talk about something else because you have shifted in a way to show us other parts of you and whether this is smart for you as a person. I mean, I don't even want to get into how you've managed the last two years. You've managed a lot over, you know, your entire career, wherever it was, like you said, from bridal industry and makeup into doing this work. But how has it been for your kids to kind of watch you? You said you started and you wanted to have this job that was basically sustainable at home while tending to kids. And how has that looked like today? How has your mothering kind of shifted with balance and even your relationship in the balance of, you know, this, this big career that you've got going on as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's been a huge shift. I went from working during nap time, that Mm -hmm. nap time, that nap time shuffle is no joke. And working evenings when my husband would come home, I would work in the evenings and get a lot of work done. And I would take calls, door naps and stuff like that to working full time. Like I've, I've never gone back to working like a nine to five kind of job ever yeah. since I've stopped right before I had my son. So I've worked for myself the entire time to now, you know, I work full time for myself. I have a wonderful team and the kids, <laughs> the kids used to kind of be like, like when my husband would, before the pandemic, he would have to leave to go to work. And so they always just thought like daddy was working, like, cause he yeah. left and he would work. And it's kind of like, mommy, you know, where are you, where are you working at? Oh, you in the house. Like, I know this too well. <laughs> I know it too well. I had my kids yeah, at home for too long. <laughs> they did not really, even though I'll be like, I'm working, they kind of just didn't think, I, didn't, I don't think they thought I was making money. Like, I don't, I don't really. I don't really know, but they're older now. So we have all yeah. kinds of conversations and stuff and we talk about things, but you know, the kids, we, what I love that this work really has opened up for me is the language and the awareness and the experience of like, of teaching things to folks who don't really have a solid foundation 
And so I can explain it really easily to my kids. Right. We're talking about intersectionality or patriarchy or massage noir or all these kinds of things. I teach these things to my kids, but you know, you know, so I I love it for them. I love that they see me a black, a black woman mm-hmm. raising a family, but doing it in a way that works for us, you know, mm-hmm. and that has taken a lot of deconstructing, a lot of deconstructing and really just a lot of accepting what I've already known to be true about myself without the external shaming factors that will come in and tell you that you shouldn't really be that way. Like, for example, I used to cook all the time. Like I should have put a bed in the kitchen because I was cooking all the time. Okay. From scratch, you name it. I was, it was so many things. And when I got busier in my business, my, my coaching business, th- there was less and less time for me to mm. in the kitchen. Do. So now I don't even cook at all. Wow. Do you miss it? I don't even No. No. I was like, are we going to get a cooking I, show? <laughs> no, you're not gonna me, baby. I, I didn't even, when we moved to our new place, I didn't even know how to turn on the stove. Okay. So I did not. And so that's a huge shift, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. but people will be like, but you're the woman, you're the wife, you're supposed to be doing the cooking. That's who's right. Like people will try to put those type of responsibilities on you. Meanwhile, my husband and I have had a whole conversation about what this dynamic is going to look like. And he does the cooking, he handles it, he handles it all. So it's deconstructing even those type of things and being at peace without feeling shame, like, oh, I should be in there cooking or I should go in there. No. no. I'm like, what's for dinner? What's on the what what you making for lunch today, babe? You know, it's not yeah. even it's not even a shame, but that took time. Yeah. I, I was a stay-at-home mom for 10 years and that was a huge shift is removing the shame from it. But also like I found it, it really dishonored my journey. I didn't have capacity for doing all of that anymore, but I was still, you know, I drive the kids to school every day and Shane does the meals. Like I, it just became this natural cadence of what needed to be done and the roles I had. I always say like, I hate gender roles until it comes to shoveling the snow. And then I love gender roles and please get out there and shovel the snow for me. But it's true. There's still, people will be like, I'd love for you to show us what you make for dinner. I'm like, I'm not making dinner and I haven't made dinner in a while. There's it, there is, and I love that you talk about this because there's this part of people in general where we do almost box ourselves in. We like, you start your career and you end your career. We, we grew up with parents that were in the same jobs for 30 years and you've, you've evolved over and over and over again. And this is what excites me about you is I know your work in anti-racism. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I think you've built incredible work and you've done so much, but do you think there's more? Do you think there's something else Girl, I know coming? What do you mean? What do you mean? Think? <laughs> Girl, I know. Okay. Yeah. I know. I'm working on it. It's happening. I am the type of person when I'm done with something, I'll mm-hmm. throw it away. Like yeah. it's done. I'm not going to hang. Like when I was done with makeup, I gave my makeup away and sold some of the stuff to, to us, a, a new upcoming makeup artist. Like when I'm done, I'm done. Yes. This I was ready to be done with it, but I stopped myself and was like, Monique, don't throw this away. Mm -hmm. You have worked so hard. You have built so much. Let's find a different way for you to engage so that it's not so taxing on you because that's what it was. It wasn't, I was done because I was bored or I was just so, you know, over it. It was like, this 
isn't healthy for me. This feels so heavy and constantly, even just like the unity over comfort, I change the way I teach that because teaching about that and and the way that I have, like every time I would be ended up in tears Mm -hmm. or just so exhausted. And so I even changed the way where you listen to the recordings prior to, and I can just come and have a conversation because it's just too much. So I didn't let myself do that this time. It's like, let's, let's work on a way to make this still available to the world and to build and expand it without it sucking the life out of you. Because I always tell myself, don't be a martyr to this work. Right. Right. Like you don't, you do not need to surrender your humanity and yourself for the sake of this work. That is absolutely, I, I deserve black liberation too. Yes. So yes, there's more, there's more, there's so much more. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm so excited for it. All right, let's take a quick break to talk about one of my favorite plant-based protein snack brands, Simply Protein. Simply Protein has a variety of products from snack bars, cookie bars, and so much more with flavors for days, whatever your appetite is into. Their line of products are designed to fit any lifestyle. Simply Protein snacks are made with plant-powered fuel to inspire and energize you to live a life on your own terms with the fuel to be you. I freaking love that. Because the path to feeling good is as individual as we are. I'm somebody who is constantly on the go. Whether I'm working at home, working at my office, running around kids all over town, being intentional about my protein intake is something that is truly coming down to my snacks. So that's why I personally love Simply Protein because it just fits my lifestyle. And though everyone's journey is different, we do all share the need for protein. It's not just for those who are athletic competitors, but for also anybody with any body. Simply Protein helps give me the fuel I need throughout the day for whatever it is I'm doing. You can try their new snack bars, cookie bars, and so much more by shopping at simplyprotein.ca or simplyprotein.com. Use code PAPAYA15 for 15% off your purchase. And you can check them out on Instagram at well at simplyprotein for more inspiration or to learn more about the brand and see what's new and coming up. That's simplyprotein.ca or simplyprotein.com and use that code PAPAYA15 just for us for 15% off your purchase. Let me ask you, how have you found support in the last, you know, couple of years, but over your career as well? What have been those like key pillars of your own wellness? Yeah, that's great. Well, one is I tell people I'm an expert for ask, at asking for help. Mm. Like if there's anything that I need, I know how to identify it. Yeah. And I know how to ask for it. And I know how to somehow find it. Now, I know that that's not the case for everyone. And there's a tremendous amount of privilege in being able to have access to people or resources when you need them. So I'm not going to just act like that's what everybody can do. But yeah. from my own experience, and it's so divine so many times, there have been times, you know, I think about when we had our son and we had a very traumatic birth experience. And I'll never forget, like all the different nurses in the hospital tried to help me nurse him. And one of the nurses told me that they had never met a baby like my son because he would not latch like he would latch. But he was like it was it was devastating. And she told me that. And I just wept like, oh, my, like who says that to me, mom, even if that's what you feel, who says that? And there was this one person who's still part of my life now 
who came over to our house to help me nurse him. And within the first try, he nursed. And we never had problems after that. And I was like, you are literally sent from God. Like you are, like you saved. And yes, we could have used, you know, formula, all that. But I, I really, and we ended up having to supplement in the beginning with formula and then we were able to do exclusively nursing, which is fine. People do what they need to do. But my point is, is like, when I need help, there's just, I have so many examples of people showing up in my life mm-hmm. or people in my life being able to support. So I am so grateful for that. Like I do not underestimate whatsoever the power of community and having the support you need having access so we've not always had like monetary monetary access to what mm-hmm. we needed and financial and but we've never not had what we needed either and so my husband he's amazing he's he's always been such a support role he used to carry my makeup for me Stop. when I would do makeup yeah, he would carry it into the jobs. And the, the mother of the brides would always be like, oh, my God, he's so cute. Here's an extra tip. You know, <laughs> they just loved him. They would just eat up. But so, yes, he, he would pack my bag for me when yeah. I would go on trips. I would get the stuff out and he would pack it because he insists he's really good at it. And I'm like, you are. You're great. Yeah, you're so great. Go keep doing it. it. <laughs> you know, keep doing it. Oh my God, the way you do that. I love it. But no, like I've always, like, there are just really solid people. One of my friends, you know, Claire, she's amazing. Like I have wonderful people in my life. And then even though um, I have a great team, like I, Mm -hmm. the people in my life, I feel so blessed. I feel so abundantly blessed and enriched just from the people in my life, you know? But then I also have this really cool Instagram community. Not everybody on there. There's plenty of people that are just trash. But there are plenty, plenty of people who are just so delightful. And you have a Patreon community as well. Oh, they're great. I mean, they're, they're, they're just solid. You know, but there are people who, I don't know, like I could post something and they'll be like, like, oh, I remember when our son got really sick not that long ago and it was just scary. Mm-hmm. And people hear something, to, you know, to treat yourself and people checking on it. Like, it's just, there are those people that are like, wow, thank yeah. you. You don't even know me. And I don't even know you, but you're, you're showing this generous kindness towards me and that means something. So, yeah, I have really great support. Like, there is nothing I'm lacking in other than enrollment for Unity Over Comfort. <laughs> so that's the only thing that's well, lacking. Hopefully after this, we got some bumps up there. Tell everyone, where would you love for people to connect with you the most? And why would you like for them to connect? Because we talked before this and kind of the goal here isn't to get more people who are just going to follow along and blindly not be like, not really be a part of it. How would you like people to show up for you to engage with you? What does that look like? Yes. And not blindly, not blindly, but yes, we don't want people to just passively lurk around. We, we want folks who want to support and engage and get involved in doing the work. So really the best place is the community, the Shine Brighter Together community, whether it be our Shine Bright School, enrolling enrolling in a class, joining the community on Patreon, you know, sure. Follow on Instagram, but to just be straight up, like sometimes it feels like you put so much energy and time in creating really great content mm-hmm. and it just 
feels like it's just another thing just floating out there. Like I yeah. like, I like creating things for people that I know want it and appreciate it and are going to use it accordingly. And yes. those are my classes, my courses, you know, my communities and stuff. Instagram is fun. I like Instagram and stuff, but I would rather people, you know, come join those other places too. But if you must do Instagram, come on over there, but don't be acting a fool because that block finger is strong, baby. It's <laughs> block. Whoop. Was that a block? Oh yeah, that was a block. <laughs> Now, I wanted to get into some other conversations, but we're run out of time. But I know you have courses that are so much more than just, okay, let's get straight. Well, we have the Black Liberation Challenge that's happening right now. But talk to me about mm-hmm. some of the other classes. You have one for kids. You have an incredible one on diet culture. Talk about some of these other classes where people might be like, ooh, that really intrigues me. I'd love to take that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. You might just have to bring me back because we didn't even get into stuff that we were supposed to get into. I'll bring you back. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll come back. I'll come back in 2024. Let's give it some time. So <laughs> let it sit. <laughs> Let, let them let them wait for it. But anyway, what? Oh yeah, so we have a class on friendship breakups. Who's yeah. talking about friendship breakups? You know, <sighs> nobody talks about it. It's way harder than regular divorce. I say it all the time because the, there you don't have to actually talk about how it ended. You're allowed to just like go away, and that's really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, friendship breakups are all. Oh yeah, they they, are. they 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 hurt. So that class, we're actually gonna probably do another one. Ooh, um, nice. But that, that yeah, I think I'm gonna do a part two. I've been thinking a lot about it. I've been thinking about doing a part two. So yeah, unpacking friendship breakups. That's a really great one. Boundaries. Oh my god, the boundaries one on one class. Solid. I haven't taken that one. I should take that one. Mm-hmm. I think I you need, need to that get one. It. Also, the confidence is a practice, girl. I was taking notes from my own notes. Like, <laughs> I'm like, girl, you are good. Every time I do a class, I'm like, shit, I'm the bomb. Like, you how do I even sleep at night with all of this amazingness coming out of me? So that one, we have a course for parents, not kids. I don't, I'm not fooling nobody kids. Mm-mm, just mm. mine. So it's a course for parents, teaching anti-racism to your kids. We have the diet culture, breaking yep. up, with, um, not breaking up diet culture, but fuck diet culture. That's the name of it. And then there's a panel with some amazing guests. We have some really great classes that are not anti-racism one-on-one, but they, you still have to understand like black liberation is at the core of it all, Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know? And so, but these are conversations where folks feel like, oh my gosh, I definitely can relate to that. And then when you get in there, like, wow, white supremacy is fucking this up too. Mm-hmm. Diet culture is. was a big so, one. Into it. Yeah, yeah, you recently did an IG live with Chrissy King and it was all about, you know, the oh, intersections of diet culture and white supremacy. And I, yeah, like it is, and I think that's what I love so much is like you're learning about things that are core changes for yourself, but while also having the opportunity to, um, I'm just going to take the name of your course, Pursue Black Liberation, right? Like it is the duality of seeing that change for yourself, but seeing that change of how you're going to move through this world and recognizing things, things like your friendships, things like boundaries, things like confidence, things like diet culture, parenting. Like these are all things that have duality to them and we can really participate in them in a way that truly can do so much more than just things for ourselves because we are selfish by nature. Well, by, by socialization, 
I would yeah. say it's about socialization. But because the thing is, Sarah, it's all connected, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can say duality, but really it's all connected. Like mm-hmm. what part of your life can you say this doesn't affect any other part of my life? Like it's right. all connected. Yeah. So if you're if you're struggling at your job, of course it's gonna come home with you. You can't just leave that out at yeah, the job. Yeah, yeah. People know you know and so it's all connected and so when we talk about all these things like beauty culture or we're going to you know talk about relationships divesting from white culture relationships and how white supremacy affects intimacy and relationships like that's a huge conversation yeah there's just so much but people sometimes need to see it that specific and see that direct connection to their own life to then to start and then when they're like oh wow this is connected to so much more then they'll hopefully kind of keep moving into the so much more part because it's all connected. It is all connected. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I guess you'll be back in 2024. Yeah, 2024. <laughs> 2020. Uh, honestly, I just, I, I have, I'm in class with you every other week. We did an IG live last week. You're on them, but I feel spoiled right now. I am just honestly so grateful for you to spend time with us today to talk about, you know, anti-racism, but also talk about so much more. I feel like I really got to know other parts of you that I'm, and I'm really excited to see. We talked about, you know, what might be next, but I'm excited to see what that is and follow along on that and celebrate that black joy that you have and that you're giving out to the, like, I just freaking love your family and everything you're doing. It's just, you all are so, like your daughter, whenever she's, oh my gosh, it just, I can't even, she's just so funny. Overcharging me for food. When she's overcharging me for food, giving me the bill at the restaurant, telling me $20,000 for food I didn't even eat. What are you talking about? Um, yeah, but you know what, Sarah, I'm gonna tell you this. And I'm, I'm, I know we're wrapping up. I'm gonna, tell you, I'm gonna tell you this because I've worked with thousands of people. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, you're somebody who you have a large platform. You, you found out about me in 2020 amongst yep. a lot of other people. And you're one of the only and I'm not trying to make you out to be an exceptional. This is more so for the folks who are listening to get y'all shit together. But you're one of the only white women who has a very large following, right? Because I've dealt with a lot of celebrities since, mm. since then, who has literally invested in my work and actually showed up. Wow, right? really? Showed up. Yes, actually showed up and stayed in the damn class and came to the next part and and you we've had many dm conversations we've had phone call we've had you know you've been plugging in where the plug in need to be you to me have been using your access you've been using your resources you've been using your platform to apply this work in real time in ways that i'm sure feels uncomfortable at times maybe yes i'm sure and that is the type of stuff that needs to be happening, but it's not. You're yeah. the only one out of all these people that have these really large platforms. Now, I'm not saying you're only a white person, but as far as like the I've personally worked with that has a really large following that's saying they're going to do it, but actually is being about it. And I'm going to tell you, like, it's just, it's rare, which is, you're the first white person I've done a, a, a podcast with. Like I told you, it's like two years. Yeah. It was 2020 was the last one. Well, I, I don't, I don't fool. I don't fool. I don't fool with white women like that. I think that I did what a lot of people did, which was try to pacify discomfort. But 
really the only way to get better is to do better, is to actually do this stuff. And I think that I myself tried to avoid it and kept coming in, kept harming without feeling like I was somebody who could possibly harm. The only way the only way is through. You have to do this work, right? And I'm not somebody who does really well with reading books. I will drift off and thought these courses have, and and I've taken other courses as well that have been so, especially Canadian ones that, you know, can touch on our history. But I, for anybody who might feel uncomfortable or like it's not, this, this is value to every, like you said, it's all connected to your business, to your platform, to your person, to your family. Like I'm just grateful. I'm honestly so grateful. It, I, when I think about who I began this work as to who I am now, I'm, I'm really excited to see where I am in two years, you know, like, I'm not like, oh, yay, did the job. I'm just excited to see that change has happened. And I'm really excited to see that continue to happen. And that's by, and I know it, it got really, when the course was over and I had a baby, it got really easy to fall out of it. And it was by, um, black liberation last year that I got back into it and had to start, you know, in a time that was really busy applying that work because you know what, everybody's busy. It's always going to be busy. It has to be it's intentional. It's always going to be busy. And again, it's not to like, Oh, applaud you or you're an exception. No. It's to really just point out the fact that most people who have your access and have your type of platform ain't shit. They ain't doing yeah. shit. They ain't shit. They ain't about it. And I'm, you got plenty of mistakes you've made along the way. Oh, yeah. You still got growing to do. But there's a difference between saying, but I'm going to keep doing it. I'm actually going to apply it and put it into practice and I'm going to learn to do better versus talking about it. So I appreciate that as a black woman, as you know, as your your teacher, you know, as somebody who, you know, has interacting with you in that way it's like it it feels good to see people take what you're learning what they what you taught them and put it into practice you know because that means black folks are benefiting like yes it helps you but that's not the end goal yeah you're right you're right well so thank you that's it I was thought you were going to say something, but thank you. I'm really, I'm going to add everything in the show notes. I'm going to just recommend that everybody, well, yes, you could follow along with you. Go check out your work. Go check out Shine Bright School. That is the number one goal today and here. And I hope you go and do that. It's one of the best resources and one of the best program lists that you could possibly, whether you jump in for friendship or boundaries or confidence or anti-racism and how it all connects. Uh, I really, really encourage you to do that today. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for listening and we will see everyone next week. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the papaya podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.